Well, g'day folks, and welcome to another Equip podcast, where we look back at what we learned in our Equip class on Sunday, and also go a little bit further, all in less than 10 minutes, or at least that's my aim this term. We'll see how we go. So on Sunday, we continued looking at where is the church, having closed off for now on what is the church. Uh, as we've seen, uh, the church is not just a building, it is people. Uh, that makes sense of the word ecclesia, which means assembly. This is the Greek New Testament word for church, ecclesia. Uh, and also it's more than wherever two or three are gathered in my name. Uh, that use of uh, ecclesia in Matthew 18 is in fact talking about church discipline, as we've seen. And so it's not really a definition of what church is. Uh, we've also considered Mark Dever's definition, the gospel made visible, as well as a much longer one by Greg Allison, which we'll look at next week. But we have been looking at where is the church? And as we've seen of the 100 to 114 uses of the word ecclesia across the New Testament, the vast majority of them refer to the church as a local body of believers. So, the church is not a denomination. When we talk about the Anglican church or the Presbyterian church, that denomination itself is not a church body. It's only the individual congregations that could viably be called a church. This is something that Churches of Christ and, and Baptists sort of have on display a lot more clearly with the churches of Christ, not the church of Christ, for example. However, we have also looked at uh, the other uses of the word ecclesia, uh, not just the 81 or 90, which fairly comprehensively define what church is, but what about the other 30 or so? Well, uh, we considered that the word church might be used in a slightly bigger sense than a local congregation. For example, in Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus talks about building his church and the, the, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Surely that doesn't mean an individual local congregation. Uh, as we talked about, 30 churches every year in Australia close their doors. And obviously Jesus hasn't broken his promise. Uh, clearly he's talking about the universal church, some sort of bigger sense of the word church here than an individual local congregation. We also have in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, that Paul persecuted the church of God. Now, once again, that's not just one congregation, but rather he was sort of targeting the church in general. He was trying to destroy the Christian faith, if you want to put it that way. Now, there is one other use of this word ecclesia, which might strike us as a little bit odd. It's in Acts 9.31 and talks about uh, the church in, uh, what is it, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. So not the churches, which we would expect for local congregations, but the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And some have taken this alongside those other bigger senses of the word church to mean that you can have a church of a region. And some people take this a little bit further and they they think that the New Testament lays out a pattern where there were multiple house churches that all sort of gathered under the authority of a region. And then, you know, as church history goes on, they picture a bishop over a particular region. And this is how you get the Anglican and 
to an extent, the Presbyterian systems, even though they don't have bishops, they do have elders over a region and consider a church of a region. Now, Acts 9.31 is a linchpin verse for that argument. However, as we've seen, it doesn't need to be considered as a, an ecclesia, a church, over a region. Uh, there are other ways of understanding that word in the context of Acts 9.31. Uh, one is that perhaps it's talking about the church in the abstract. For example, consider a soccer team. We talked about this on Sunday. You can still talk about your soccer team in the abstract, even when they're not gathered to actually play soccer. For example, I could say that my team is called the Submariners. We're not quite as good as the Mariners, hence the Submariners. Or I'm getting a coffee with my soccer team. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to kick around a ball. It just means that I'm getting a coffee with the people that comprise my soccer team. Now, it's only defined as a team because, of course, we get together to play soccer, right? So assembling is necessary for us to be a team. But we still are a team even when we're not playing soccer throughout the week. And when I refer to my team as such, I'm referring to them in the abstract. It's the same with the church. Now, we're only defined as a church because we meet locally and individually, just like a soccer team is only defined by actually playing soccer together. But we can also refer to the church in the abstract when we're not specifically gathered, right? I'm having a coffee with someone from church. I'm praying for my church. Paul or Saul ravaged the church of God. And here in Acts 9.31, the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was edified, right? So it could be in that abstract sense, which doesn't contradict the main sense, which is that churches are local congregations. Uh, there's perhaps another way of thinking about it as well, or, or rather um, another way of just extending it. And this is a quote from James White. Uh, James White is a Baptist theologian. He's also a church historian and an apologist. If you haven't heard of him before, um, plug his name into YouTube or a podcast app, James White, and you'll get some really interesting stuff about um, church history and, and about uh, apologetics, particularly amongst Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and Muslims. He's an interesting guy. But he says this on Acts 9.31, uh, that the point of Acts 9.31 is not to address the idea of local churches at all, but to speak to the events in a particular region relevant to persecution. So he, he's not trying to make a claim about what the church is or isn't, but rather talking about persecution. Now, the object of persecution is the church, just as Paul said he persecuted the church, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, which we've already looked at. And James White goes on to say, we can hardly expect the enemies of the faith to be overly concerned about Christian ecclesiology. They are persecuting the Christian faith in toto, that means in total. Since the object is not fixed in the sense of persecution of only one local body in Acts 9, the generic singular, as opposed to the plural, is used to say that upon Paul's departure to Tarsus, the church as a whole in the region had peace. So what he's saying here is in view of, uh, you know, Paul's persecution of the church, he doesn't talk about it there in plurals, he's just persecuting the faith. So too, the people of the faith now enjoy peace, partly because Saul is no longer ravaging the church, he's actually been converted. I think that's quite a compelling argument for how to take Acts 9.31. Now, what could all of this mean for our definition of church? Well, it means that the local church is the church. 
not a geographical or regional entity, but a local entity. And what this means applicationally is someone can't hop around to various churches in an area and just say, well, I'm part of the church. Similarly, a denomination is not a church. When we talk about the Churches of Christ, the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Anglican Church, these are just titles, but not actual church realities. Um, we, we only have churches at the local congregational level. And so therefore, you can't say, I'm part of the Anglican Church without actually meeting with a local Anglican church, right? The, the denomination is not the church. Uh, there is one other use of the word church, and we looked at how um, the universal or the invisible church can be seen throughout uh, the, those references of ecclesia in the New Testament. We looked at Hebrews 12 and 13 and 10, just to look at how we've, we've already come to the heavenly city, to Jerusalem, but also we're waiting for that city to be revealed, the new heavens and the new earth. We seek the city that is to come. So it's right to talk about the church in the universal sense or the invisible sense that we don't yet see it, but we're already a part of. However, people who are not part of a local church should be very wary about saying they're part of the invisible church, part of the universal church. Because as we've seen in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, uh, since we're seeking the city that is to come, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. So we do need to meet together if we are part of the invisible church. Next week, we're going to consider some curly questions. We've already talked about, does it best reflect scripture to call a live stream church when we're not actually meeting locally together? And we've said, no, that's not church, but it might be a temporary concession. It should only ever be temporary. Uh, we're also going to consider whether it best reflects scripture to talk about having a multi-site church. That is a church in um, multiple locations, but under one leadership, uh, as well as multiple congregations at one church. Uh, and also the rather curly question of how can we know whether the people in our local congregation are actually part of the invisible or universal church. So you can look forward to getting into those questions with us next week. Hope to see you there.